Okay. Welcome to a special, special Shear lecture series uh, that, that will begin tonight on, on the, the critical subject of Amuna. As always, uh, all, all, all productions are a, are a production of the Weiss Entertainment Network, 613 on your dial. I will also podcast uh, tonight's Shear, uh, which is available on all of the podcast sites, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, iTunes, and all, all of that. So if people want to hear it again or pass it on to people, please uh, feel free to do it. Um, uh, I was asked to discuss this topic. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. Uh, I, I, I spent a long time uh, g- trying to get this year together. Um, and I, I started to realize that that the topic is 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 absolutely an an oh, endless God. topic. Um, it's a, it's an endless topic. Um, it, it it it's a, it's a topic that has no beginning and no end. Um, it ha- I shouldn't say no beginning. It has a beginning, but but it has no end. Um, so so therefore, for that reason, I kind of um, I, I I I quantified it into six lectures. Now the reason why six is because again because we could go on with this forever. Now, what 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 is the goal? Um, oh, just as a public service, now one of the one of the Wednesday nights uh, we're not going to have a share because it's Tisha B'Av. Uh, I didn't realize that, that when I set this up, the one of them it's Wednesday night is Tisha B'Av. So that Wednesday night, so we'll extend one more week at, at, from what the list says, so to make it six lectures. Okay, um, on Tisha B'Av we won't we won't have a share. Okay, we'll be in shul, so we'll have a different kind of share. Uh, Kino uh, Anyway, so. So what what are the goals? What what are the goals here? What one of the main goals that I have is that people need to to start thinking about the the topic of emuna Hashem, of believing in Hashem. Now, if I asked all of you if you believed in Hashem, I don't doubt that every one of you will respond yes. But the question the question is, how often do you think about that? Like, is that a governing force in your life? Or is it, yeah, well, of course, uh, I believe in Hashem. I look around, you know, I come to shul, maybe I dive in, uh, and I think about Hashem. True. Uh, um, now, now it, it's when you dive in three times a day, and especially if you go to shul, it's a little bit easier to have this topic on your mind. But it's really a, a great challenge. But here's the bigger challenge. Um, we, um, and, and just I'm going to read you a little bit of my notes. The world we live in has attempted to corrupt and change the entire moral compass. Part of the reason, um, uh, you know, we have to honor everybody's lifestyle. I'm not talking about respect. I'm talking about we have to accept everyone's lifestyle, even though it's defied humanity for thousands of years. And that's a problem. But, but as moral thinking people, it's not okay. Um, we must stand up and say that for society to function, there has to be a code to follow. The question is, why do we care? So that that's the core of the question that we have to think about and talk about tonight. Why do we care? Why do I care if society is immoral? Why do I care if 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 the if the the president's son is 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 de- de- dealing uh, with illegal or with China or whatever, or or Trump is doing God knows what, or 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 uh, 
or simply the guy who sits to me in shul, uh, who, who in some shuls who may have been in jail. Um, I hate to say it that way, but it, but we but we know that we know that to be true. So the question becomes: Why do I care? Why why does it matter to me if if society is immoral? Why does it matter to me if 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 if, if things become corrupt? Maybe that's okay. Meaning, meaning that 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 up until a certain point in our history, we said these were the rules. Mikan from this point on, okay, these are the rules. Meaning, meaning that that um, bezel, you know, uh, bezeling or stealing uh, or, or murder, even uh, to, to to go to an extreme, maybe maybe murder. Um, is okay go, going forward in some societies uh you know you know we, we all know we all know the stories of the wild west and and we we know during the the eight the 19th century the duels and the, you know all, all of those things and, and those things seem to be okay now but the, the problem is the problem is that if we say it's not okay and we obviously have to say it's no okay why do we say it's not okay and and so if so because if the moral code if if there if there was if i if i if i could give you an imaginary history if there was um if, if 4000 years ago there was a there was a gathering of, of all the world leaders whatever that meant every emperor every king every general every they, they had they had a, a a meeting you know like the you know the Zionist congress in basel Switzerland in 1897, where Jews from all over the world came to this meeting. Uh, so let's say you had a meeting of all of all the representatives of humanity, and and they and they they decided that they, 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 and they had a meeting and they said these are the rules: you can't steal, you can't kill, you you, you know you, you can't commit adultery, you can't yeah. And these are the rules that we're going to create. If that's true, so then then, then okay, that's very nice. That's good for them, but now I'm a modern person, uh, you know, and 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 I think we should have uh, open marriages and where people should be able to do whatever they want. Um, I think that 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 you know I can walk into uh, Walgreens and if I need shampoo, I should be able to take it and not and not care and not care if it is. But if it bothers you that and and so because because if 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 it's all man made, then. Then to quote the words of Chazal, hey, Mamru, hey, Mamru. They said, and they said. See, but what's interesting is in the halachic process, not so simple. We have in the halachic process, we have a rule. Ein based in uh, a Sanhedrin is not allowed to undo a previous basin. So let's say they made a takana. Let's say they made a rule that we uh, can't eat kitneos on Pesach, right? So, so I'm not allowed to 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 gather, let, let's say, all the rabbis today and say, no, you know what? Everybody can eat kitneos uh, if you if you're Ashkenaz. Uh, I'm not allowed to do that unless I could determine that our authority was greater than previous generations' authority. I'm, I'm only picking on kitten because that's something that everybody knows about. Um, I mean, or laws of muksa, or what, or any durabonan. If I'm greater than them, then maybe. But if I'm not, that now why? Why is that? 
Why, why is there such a rule? Why, why isn't there, I, I don't want to use the word hefkerus. The reason why there is, a, has ke, have ke, is no hefkerus is because we don't always understand the conditions why these rules were put in place. And maybe if we, and maybe being generations removed from these takonos, from these institutions, maybe being generations removed, maybe maybe we lost, you know, you know, you know, it's like the game of telephone, right? You play the game of telephone. So the first person hears the message, and the fortieth person has a whole different message that was that was ever started. But our message is very clear. Like, um, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, so I, I want to point to a couple of things, and, and, I, and I'm going to show you how this relate. All this relates to the topic that I want to discuss. The Gemara says, uh, and this is for this year. This year, the first day of Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos. So we know that we do not blow shofar on Shabbos. So, but but the truth is, blowing shofar is not one of the thirty-nine malachas. The Gemara says that that blowing shofar is a is a skill. It's a chokma. It's a it's not one of the thirty-nine malachas. Now, the, the, there is a takana about not using musical instruments because we might fix it, but uh, but shofar is a mitzvah in and itself. And normally we say that a, a positive mitzvah pushes away a negative mitzvah. But we're not getting into that whole discussion. Comes along Rabba and says, there are three realities that will not take place on Shabbos. Um, reality one is shofar. Reality two is lulav. Reality three is megillah. Now, now in our calendar, megillah can't fall out but sh- uh, on Shabbos. But Shusham Purim can't fall out on Shabbos. So in Yerushalayim, they do not read the megillah on Shabbos. They read it on, on Friday, on, on Purim Day. That's the year when Purim is Friday. In Yerushalayim, they read the megillah like everybody else. Why is that? What, why did Rabba make this rule? So he said, because especially by Shofar, uh, especially by Megillah. Not everybody is an expert. And and people know, and maybe maybe institutionalized chauffeur blowing wasn't quite like it is today. And and people know they have to hear the hear a show hear the hear chauffeur blowing on Shabbos. So what am I gonna do? My my friend who lives a mile away knows how to blow chauffeur. I'm gonna take my chauffeur to him. I'm going to carry on Shabbos in a public area in a place where there's no Arab on Shabbos. I'm going to violate Shabbos. And uh, in, in the process of me trying to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Shofar. So Rabbah said, cannot be done. You're not going to blow Shofar on Shabbos. Same thing with Megillah and the same thing with, with, with Lula. Now, what's going on here? What, 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 what's the concern? So Rabbah made a judgment call. And his judgment call was that the preservation of Shabbos and, and, and its halachos is much more significant to the Jewish people and has a greater impact than the mitzvah of shofar. In other words, every, every child knows that we blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah. But not every child knows about the laws of carrying on Shabbos. Not every child or not every person knows about how important it is to observe Shabbos. So much so, that the Gemara says, "Lochavra Yerushalayim and Shabbos Kufiutes Ela Shechilu Ba'as Hashabbos." That the that the Chorban Beisamigdash came because they didn't keep Shabbos. That was one of the causes of the Chorban. What does that mean? What does that mean? Hashem destroyed the Beisamigdash because we didn't keep Shabbos. The answer is yes. 
Why? And here and here's and here's we come to the crux of this topic. What is Shabbos? What is Shabbos? What, 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 why do we keep Shabbos? So Shabbos is a validation of creation. It says in the Torah, we say this every Friday night and every Shabbos morning, and some people may say it before, Kiddush on Shabbos, when you keep Shabbos, what are you saying? You are saying that you recognize that there was a creator that the Kodesh Baruch Hu created the world. So in other words, observance of Shabbos is not simply, so, oh, something that we happen to do every seven days because I love to eat chalent and kugel. Um, uh, and it's, you know, uh, and I, you know, Baruch Hashem, I don't, I can turn off my phone. I don't have to respond to my workplace and I can shut down my computers and, and hopefully spend a little more time with my family. All nice, all part of the Shabbos. But what's the essence of Shabbos? The essence of Shabbos is that we are recognizing that there's a Boreola, that there is a creator. So when the Gemara says that they that, that Yushalayim came, was destroyed because they stopped observing Shabbos. In other words, the, the Beis Amikdash, which was the center of belief in Hashem, stopped functioning. People no longer believe that that building which stood for Hashem's presence on the Jewish people, was important. And that's what brought the Chorban. Uh, again, not, not, not mutually exclusive of the other reasons, but that's what brought the Chorban. So, and it's very interesting, and I want to share with you this halacha. Many of you are aware of this halacha. The halacha is, and it's in Simon Reish Samachas, in Hilcha Shabbos, that on Friday night, when we after Shmonesra, we say Vayachulu. It says Chosrim Lomar Vayachulu. We say together the the psukim from Bereshis that that indicates that Hashem completed His creation. And Vayachulu Hashemayim Vaaretz Uchotz Vaam Vayichal Elokim Vayom Hashvi Melachto Asher Asa Hashem finished doing Vayivarech Elokim Esyom Hashvi Vayikadish Hashem Hashem. Uh, you know, sanctified the day of Shabbos and 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 he blessed it. Shulchan mentions how we're supposed to say that Bakol Ram. It says Omrim, Omrim Oso, Bakol Ram, Umad. We're supposed to say that phrase by Yehulu Hashemayim, that paragraph, out loud. That's why many shuls you'll hear, everyone is saying it out loud, and we all sing Magin Avos together, out loud and standing. What's the standing? The standing is testimony that Hashem creates the world. In fact, many of you know the halacha based on the Magin of Ram. If you're still davening Shmon Esrei, when the, when the Tzibor says, Vayuchulu, what are you supposed to do when you're finished? You're supposed to ask the person next to you if he could say Vayuchulu together with you. Even though the halacha is you could say it as an individual. But 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 the best way to say it is is together with someone because it's like we're standing and we're looking to heaven and we're saying we believe that you created the world. And so the Gemara says when that st belief stopped happening, then the base of Mikdash served no longer a purpose and 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 uh, and the base of Mikdash was destroyed. So this concept of Amuna, this concept of belief in Hashem is deeply embedded in 
in just about everything that that we do. In truth, now 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 I I I pointed I pointed this out and 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 throughout and so, some of the so I just want to mention some of the things I want to discuss before I continue. Um, I want to discuss the important question, which we'll get to, is, is how, how to engender him. Which we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I want to talk about the significance of Kriyashma in our lives, and I want, and I also want to talk about the significance of learning Torah, and and, and the general general way we conduct our lives. Uh, you know, each of them I'll, I'll probably afford um, its own share to, and it's very very significant to 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 put all of them in its proper place. One one of the goals also of this year is that is that we that we stop and think, like. And by the way, stopping and thinking doesn't require an hour and a half to think about davening. Stopping and thinking may be one second. I, you know, when I take three steps back, I sh- uh, before before you say the word, Hashem Svasai Tiftah is supposed to be said already with your feet together. When you take three steps back and you say, Hashem Svasai Tiftah, and you're ready to start Shmon Esrei, think for a moment. What does it mean to say Shmon Esrei? What does it mean to approach that that these three steps represent how we are approaching Hashem? What does that mean? This idea of Dalif Neimiyata Ome, noble from whom you are standing. Now, now, very important. So, so we have to kind of, and uh, we have to kind of uh, compartmentalize this this subject. So the the first the first point I want to point out, and I started mentioning before, is morality. Why be moral? Now you might say to me, because because otherwise we'd have chaos, and and then we need and then we need Maxwell Smart uh, to to bring control, and and I, I definitely agree with that, except except the definite the problem is that the definition of morality can change from one generation to the other. Maybe maybe we think murder is wrong, but maybe our grandchildren. Won't we'll think it's wrong, and they'll set a new set of rules. Now, Dr. Kellerman writes writes in his book the following. He says many people believe in universal ethics. So the truth is, it, it's been wrong to murder for five thousand years, if not more, right? That uh, in no society was 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 murder uh, acceptable. Um, it's very very interesting, very very interesting. I, I saw a, an amazing shot today. You know, um, I want to share this before I read read from Dr. Kelman. Um, you know, Ab- you know, Abraham goes to Plishtim, right? Um, and, and it's a story in Pasha's Vayera, and Sarah is taken, and right, you're right, and it's also once again uh, Abraham tells Sarah to say, "You're my sister," and and um, and uh, so you know, so they won't kill me. You know, they'll know they'll think you're my husband. You know, if we're married, they'll kill me, and then they'll take you. So anyway, the whole the whole story. And then, of course, Hashem comes to Abimelech and stops him from touching Sarah. And, you know, and then there's a whole plague that, they, you know, they know, all, all the women become infertile. And, and Hashem tells him to daven for, for him and, and all of that. Okay. So, so we know the story. Elimelech comes to Abraham and says, what did you do? Why, why did you do this to me? Why did you be upfront with me and say, she's your wife. And you would have been upfront with me. She said, she, she, she said, you know, I would have said, okay, and then leave you alone, which probably wouldn't have happened. Now, so, so what did Abraham say? He said an amazing thing. 
Kiyamarti, he says, because I, I said, because I mean, I understood, there is no fear of God in this place. And he will kill, and we, uh, you will kill me because of my wife. Says the Malvin, an unbelievable idea. He says, what was Avraham said? What, what, why was Avraham lecturing uh, um, um, Avimelech about Yerasa Lukim? So, so, so says the Malvin. Beautiful idea. The Malvin says, okay, have it here. Second. The Malvin says that what, 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 what Avraham was, tell, was telling um, Elimelech was, uh, let's, see if I, let's see if I have it. Hold on. I can't find it right now. I know that you have your own set of ethics and morals. My morality comes from God. You don't have that morality because you were you 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 you're you're an idol worshiper and you reject the Kaddish Baruch Hu and you re, and you reject God. So if you reject God, you'll have no problem killing me because 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 you 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 have lost your sense of morality. So what Abraham was trying to teach. The world was that morality comes from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That that if there's if there's a concept of universal morality. Now 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 what's interesting in the story is that it's not Avimelech. Avimelech doesn't say, "Oh, you're you're wrong. Murder is okay." Avimelech understands that murdering someone is not right. The fact that he might do it is because he's because he's not a moral person. But what Avram was, was teaching them is that we have a code. This world has a code. And the code comes from a common origin, meaning the Boreolam, the creator. And, and, and that's what the Malbim says. That's what the Malbim says that Avram was telling Abimel. I know, you re, I know you're an idol worshiper. I know you reject it. That you, you're, you're an atheist. You reject the fact that God exists. So your sense of morality is warped because you lost that connection to the Boreolam. Right. Many people, so right, writes Dr. Calvin. Now, uh, now this is a must read, by the way, called Permission to Believe. It's a very short book, as you can see, right? Nice and thin. Um, it's written by Dr. Lawrence Kellerman. This is what he writes. He says, many people believe in universal ethics, standards of rights and wrongs, and extend across all geographic and temporal borders. The popular idea that murder is always wrong, that there is something unethical about slaughtering guilt, uh, guiltless, non-threatening human being in any country at any period in history is an example of just such a universal ethic. The moral approach to God's existence begins with the question, why is murder wrong? That is, who or what has the authority to establish such a universal ethical principle? Who or what made murder wrong? There are many possible answers to this question. Perhaps murder is wrong because reason, abstract logic, or dictates. Maybe his murder is wrong because... It, because someone decided that 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 uh, that it is, this proposal is problematic for two reasons. First, why would one person set the world's ethical standards? What unique trait could grant him alone the right to dictate world morality? It is logical that the person with the highest IQ or the biggest army or the bluest eyes should determine absolute right or wrong. Should any human quality confer upon its possessor the status of supreme ethical authority? Secondly, what was murder's moral status before this person was born? And what will be after he dies? If someone earned the right to dictate morality by being the most unique person alive, then others must have earned this right before him, and still others will do after him. 
Murder's moral status would then be subject to change every 80 years or so. Thus, we would not be able to affirm the premise that murder is always wrong. At best, we could say that murder is wrong so long as certain arbiters are alive. Murder can be eternally and universally unethical only if some eternal authoritative source says so. Meaning, meaning that, that unless we recognize that, that this all comes from, from, a, from a, a universal creator, that, that, then there's no way of saying that, that it's wrong. So that's the moral argument. The moral argument is how, how did it happen that, that, that there were so many norms of society that were established? If people established them, then it should have been changed. Uh, all, all, all the time. If people didn't establish it, that means it comes from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So my first, my, my, so my, my my first comment is is that the moral argument that mo- morality is set by a higher authority. We answer to a higher authority, as the commercial used to say, meaning meaning that that we don't murder and we don't kill and we don't steal and we don't do any of those things because that's not what the Rebbeinu Olam wants us to do. Now, now I, I want to point out that I, I am not here to give you absolute proofs that this is this is true. I am here to to bring you to the point that the conclusion you're going to draw is that is that a Kodesh Baruch who exists. Even if you already believe it already, it's fine. Uh, we, everything in the life needs Kizer. But I'm saying this argument is such a crucial, uh, such a crucial argument. Um, uh, I'm, I'm only gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna not go past ten o'clock because I I don't I don't want the, the show to get too late. I want people to come back next week, so uh, I'm obviously not gonna finish everything that I prepared because I really spent hours preparing this. Um, so uh, now, scientists. Now I I am not gonna 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 bore you with the minutia of, of, of the scientific argument. So scientists, have you know, have struggled to understand the origins of the world. I could I could send you the some of the research I could send you some of the uh, some of the things I read o- over the last couple of days, but every time they try to come to some conclusion about the origins of the universe, they run into a wall, they run into a stumbling block. Uh, let me read you uh, a comment of David Hume, who was a a philosopher. Uh, the Scottish philosopher David Hume presented the formal logical objection to both cosmological and telegraphic arguments here. Look around the world, he says. Contemplate the whole and every part of it. You will you will find it 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 to be nothing but one great machine, subdivided into infinite number of lesser machines. All these various machines, and even their most minute parts, are adjusted to each other with an accuracy which ravishes into admiration or, or all men who have ever contemplated them. The curious adapting of means to ends exceeds the production of human contrivance, of human design, thought, wisdom, and intelligence. Since, therefore, the effects resemble each other, we are led to infer by all rules of intel, uh, by, by all rules of, of, of analogy that the causes also resemble and that the author of nature is somewhat similar to the mind of man, though possessed of much larger faculties proportioned to the grandeur of his work, which he has executed. 
So in other words, what David Hume was not, uh, it's not the Rambam, it's not Sajigon, it's a, it's a Scottish philosopher who lived between 1711 and 1776. He said, he said, if you look at the world and you see its motion, if you just observe the world, the day-to-day existence of the world, there has to be a creator. There has to be someone who, who, who turned the machine on. There has to be someone who made, who made the, the machine, the machine happen. And, and, and there, there's no other way of, of, of recognizing of what, how, how the world exists. So what, 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 what's happened again, if you're interested, I can send you the research. Um, the, the scientists go through this, this whole big thing. Um, even Charles Darwin, uh, himself, who who presented the theory of evolution, uh, I I could show you, and I, I do have some readings from him that he himself recognizes that there are questions, there were very serious questions on some of the thing that he propositions, and 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 and, and the answers are going to always take us back to what, what what's referred to today as intelligent design, which means Hashem created the world, and and, and this is a, a and this is something that's that's very very significant. Uh, back to Dr. Kellerman. So I want to tell you the three arguments he he he, he writes. Um, says Dr. Dr. Kellerman, there are three possible attitudes one can have towards God. First, one can be absolutely sure that God exists. I, I am absolutely sure that God exists. Number two, people who possess certainty are known as believers, or what we say in 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 maminim b'nei maminim. We are we are believers, the son of believers. Uh, now, second, one can be unsure whether there is a God. Such people are agnostics. Third, one can be absolutely sure that God does not exist. These people are called atheists. Only the first two of these theological attitudes are potentially sensible. The third is atheism is necessarily irrational. There are two ways one can be rational and believe with certainty in God. First, it's possible that God might introduce himself to you although we have a right to view any such claim with extreme skepticism. We might also admit that someone could come to possess absolute certainty about God's existence through such an event. Second, one could come to know that God exists through indirect evidence, that is thorough circumstances, through circumstances and phenomena that cannot be explained without positing God's existence. And that's, and, and that's, and that's, the, that's what David Hume said about, uh, about the existence of the world. Okay. Okay, so I'm I'm running out of time for for, for tonight. So I, let me let me say a few more things before before I I, I send you back uh, before before we 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 break and then we're going to continue next week. Um, uh, I do um, I also would appreciate constructive criticism uh, if, if if people do not like what I have to say or if people want to see well you can't say you want to see more because you're going to get more. But I'm saying uh, you know uh, so just let me know what you thought about today's share. Um, I'm not looking for accolades. I'm just looking. I'm I'm trying to, to because because Baruch Hashem, it's summertime and I'm home. I'm trying to shape this the best way possible. Okay, so we made the moral argument. We now now and I explained to you what why Takanos. Uh, the, the, now I just want to review. We made the moral argument that that morale morale. The, so Dr. Kellerman per, says that that if we accept that there's a universal morality, it has to come from a, from, a, from a common origin. Because if it doesn't come from a common origin, if it doesn't come from a creator, from the Bore Olam, then it should be changing, ever-changing. 
I, I, I mentioned at the beginning today, the attack on morality is because people are are are, are not are, are are in the third category. They're they're atheists. They don't believe. They may not be active atheists, but but they but but they but they stop believing that 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 the Kaddish Baruch Hu runs the world. That's a very big problem. We have to discuss that um, and a lot more. So we now I mentioned to you Takanos that that Rabba. Rabba took a stance for Shmira Shabbos because Rabba understood that more important than Shofar Lulav or, or even reading of the Megillah, that, that Shmira Shabbos is so crucial that it is it is uh, it is utterly significant that 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 every Jew, every Shabbos stops and thinks about that there is a creator, that there is a Boreolam. In fact, in fact, the Mur says that when you do that, you become a partner in, in, in the creation. You, you, have, you have a deep connection to a, to a Kaddish Baruch And Rabbi said the preservation of Shabbos through the omission of certain halachos that, that, that people won't forget about because you're going to go shofar on the second day, you're going to take lulav on the second day, and you'll read, and then you shall I am, they'll read Megillah on Friday. Um, to, to, to put that aside and to pause that um, causes causes a greater observance and a greater connection to the Bore Olam. Uh, and, and, and then we uh, so, and and then we, we talked about some of the scientific struggle uh, that people have to notice the machine of the world as a form of uh, of, of being mamina. Now uh, the the other argument, um, which is equally important, is our existence. Um, we cannot get away from the discussion of, of our existence. Um, if you look at the Jewish world in uh, May of 1945, there's only one thing that we could have predicted for the Jewish world in 1945, destruction, Um uh, Some people were predicting the end of, of, of Jewish life as we know it um, after Auschwitz, uh, but we know. <laughs> that not only did that not happen, thank God, um, that we have risen to the point that that that's beyond uh, description. Uh, now, now we can we cannot we cannot dismiss our existence as random, but we cannot dismiss our existence and our ability to build and rebuild our world as something that 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 is because of some of some. Uh, uh, random uh, uh, concept can't cannot say that. There's no way you're able to say that. And we have to. And, we, and I, I want to spend a, a session as well talking about the 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 ups and downs of the Jewish people. But ultimately, the but ultimately that in every Jewish story, um, t- today's daf talks about a lot of different korbanos, uh, particularly the korban based samigdash and 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 destruction and, and of cities and terrible things. They happened in our history, and they're there. But but it, it's our ability to rise above that, which indicates a, a back goes back to a promise to Avram Avinu that will that 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 a Kodesh Baruch Hu will never will never uh, destroy us. Uh, I do need to relate it to the to the founding of the state of Israel, uh, um, which is which is which is if you don't think is miraculous, you're just not reading the story. There is no way that can happen. It just can't happen. What happened in 1948 and then in 56 and 67 is simply a miracle. And despite all of the problems that, that is going on in Israel and the protests, and who cares about that anyway? Um, um, the, 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 what, what's, what's, if you look at the country, if you look what it is, you look at people en masse are making aliyah, people are establishing communities all over Israel, um, uh, the, the country is world. The country is a world leader in medicine and technology and in all of those things. 
That's out of Auschwitz. That's only 75 years from Auschwitz. It, 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 we cannot dismiss the argument that in believing in Hashem from our existence. And, that, and that's something that, that we really, really uh, need to talk about. Uh, I want to mention one more thing for tonight because I see my time is running out. Um, I, I want to mention uh, also, you know, so so uh, you know, you know, so I, I'll start with uh, with with, with uh, next week. We'll, I'll talk about our existence a little bit because I want to talk. Uh, want to relate to Tishabov because it's coming and, and and all of that. Anyway, um, there is a one 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 of the great arguments that 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 Judaism makes for its existence based on the Kuzari. So the Kuzari points out, and, and again, I'm only going to touch on this for, for briefly because I, I have so much more to tell you. Um, the, the Kuzari says that 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 unlike other religions of the world, every one of us who, who, who say that our great grandfather stood at Har Sinai and we heard the first two divros from the word of, from Hashem Himself. Every one of our great grandfathers saw the the, the 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 ten makos and the splitting of the sea, and no, none of it was a what was someone had a vision and started spreading the word of Judaism. That is not how we operate. Moshe did not have a Moshe did have visions. Uh, he saw the burning bush and whatever, but that's not how Judaism started. Judaism started because we went out of Mitzrayim, we went to Har Sinai, and God spoke to us directly. And, and now there there are lots of people. Uh, if you do some research on this, there are lots of people who are gonna who argue with it. But I, I heard today a, a, a very a very strong argument in favor of it. That 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 if you look at our history and you look at our Masora and you look at how things are done, and and, and we'll talk about how how we you know some of our minhokim are thousands of years old and, and they haven't changed and we haven't changed how we do them. And there's a reason for that. All of this points to um to one to one idea that that we all come from the same place we all come from Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov all our great grandfathers stood at Har Sinai we were Makabal the Torah and and we spent the next about the next 5000 years just passing it on to 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 our children right if you look at the seder and you look at again there's so many things that we could point to that shows that it all comes down to one thing believe in Hashem so Again, again, I, I I cannot convince you to have absolute belief, but what I can what I can show you is that is is uh, to quote the Mordechai ben David uh, quote the Mordechai ben David song. So so wake up, my friend. You know the arrows are pointing our wake up, my friend. The arrows are pointing our way. You know I I could point you I could point all the arrows to you, and I, and I will show. You. And that's really what Doctor Kellerman does in his book. He doesn't tell you what to believe. He just shows you well, how there's no other way to believe anything else. But that that Hashem created the world. Okay, this was my introductory shear. Uh, I hope this was informative. I hope I hope I, uh, uh, I, I've given you a little bit of a ro- of a road uh, of a roadmap. What we're going to do again? We're going to talk about we'll talk about our, our, our history. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about a little bit of some practical things, saying Kriyashma every day, da- davening. Uh, we'll talk about Eretz Yisrael, uh, you know, and 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 some of the the, the idea of Masora, uh and uh, as we go forward. Uh, and we'll talk about the Aserus of Dibros, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, which has some insights into you into that. There's a work from the Ibn Ezra that's important. Okay, all of these, unfortunately, I cannot do in one night, um, but I, I hope I just gave you some food for thought. So, Mr. Hashem, next Wednesday night at 20 minutes after nine, uh, we will come back on the air and we will pick up from where we left off. Again, I will, I will upload this to the podcast if you want to listen to it again. Uh, if you have any questions, absolutely reach out to me. Um, 
Um, and uh, and Mr. Shem, we will continue. Thank you all for coming. Um, it's a, it was a beautiful, beautiful crowd tonight. Um, and spread the word that, that more people need to come on and we should have 40, 50 people. Um, and, and hopefully but when, when we come to Rosh Hashanah, we'll be Maminim B'nai Maminim in the strongest way. We already are Maminim B'nai Maminim. But we're going to be on the highest level possible. So anyway, have a great night, everybody. And, and we will continue, Mr. Shem, next week.